Welcome back to the FBA Lifestyle Podcast. We have a huge expert guest today for his masterclass. Steven Selikoff is a product development and negotiations expert. 10-year exec at Microsoft. He used to train their staff on negotiations. He is the uh, owner of productdevelopmentacademy.com, which at the top of it says, do you watch Shark Tank and wish that could be you? Are you an inventor wondering how to manufacture your product and expand into sales? Are you an Amazon seller looking to expand into retailers? His academy teaches you everything you need to know from developing a unique product concept to factories and manufacturing to getting your product onto retailers' shelves. So he is an overall product development expert. We have the expert Steven Selikoff on today. Steven, how are you doing? Very good. How are you guys doing? Very good. Thank good. you for uh, accepting to this. It's a big honor to have you here, Stephen. You're probably one of the biggest experts in, in, the, in the field. I mean, we could have you do one webinar each week on, on a specific topic for the next six months, and we still haven't scratched the surface of it. That's how big of a, an expert you there, are. Thank you there very much. Are, there's a lot of topics that, that people um, don't know when they first get into this, but frankly, it also could be overwhelming. So let's keep it high level. <laughs> They've got you guys to to help them through. Um, I think if we went into all the details, it would be like the 360-day challenge, not the 90-day challenge. (laughs) (laughs) That's for another time. Cool. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, whenever you're ready, go ahead and uh, share your screen, and uh, we can get into your uh, masterclass here. Right. So let me um, – so I've got this as a – Kiss, bow, or shake hands, and this is actually um, uh, the title of a book that I was given uh, when I first started at Microsoft. It's a big, thick book, uh, and it covers the the business traditions and style and cultures uh, across the country, across the world. So, if you're doing negotiating in Japan, which is I've, I've done for uh, for Microsoft, or China, which I've done for Microsoft, it kind of uh, let you know some of the basics. So if you're looking to source beyond China, uh, this is a great, this book, Kiss, Bower, Shake Hands, is a great place to start um, just because it gets you a little comfortable. And the other reason I like this photo is this was after a really interesting uh, uh, journey on having some, having a product made that needed um, one, two, three, four, five, six different molds. And I think if you're, once you start developing new unique products, you start getting into the world of molds. And um, my goodness, uh, I visited some factories in um, Shanghai, then went off to Taizhou, which is a a city outside of, oh, about three hours from from, uh, Shanghai. Went back to Shanghai, went back to my original factory, they had increased the prices of the molds. Started started at around uh, thirty-two thousand, and then they had brought it up over ninety thousand. Um, and I took my team, and we walked out of that uh, factory. That was a bad negotiation. Mm. And then we went back to Taizhou. We went to our uh, one of the factories we had seen there. We had told Great them chance. we liked them. Yeah. Why did they uh, uh, triple the price just all of, out of the blue? Um, I don't know why, and it didn't matter to me. 
Okay. It was done in a disrespectful way. They sure. didn't allow me to save face. Um, and um, normally you wouldn't walk out of a factory. Uh, mm -hmm. Normally you treat a factory with respect. And in fact, that worked because uh, when we went back to this other factory, which we had previously visited, I had left them telling them that as we uh, grew, as we expanded, we would need a second factory and we really liked them and they would be our second factory. So we didn't just say goodbye and, and burn bridges. And thankfully, because of that, we went, came back to them and said, we, uh, we had some internal meetings and we discussed it and we want you to be our primary factory. So uh, at that point, we um, settled out uh, to negotiation a little bit more uh, went through what's called DFM, Design for Manufacturing. So we made a couple little tweaks and brought the price down for all of these molds to $15,000. So, nice. Uh, and this was, uh, this was at the end, we, we toasted each other with some, some tea. And if you look at this cool desk, <laughs> the desk is built. So there is a, a, yep. uh, a Kung Fu tea station built into the desk and Jack is there telling us stories. I think... This is, he was probably talking about his child because he loved talking about his, his child. Um, and of course, we're smiling there. And Cindy, who is a, a translator, uh, was there. It was, a, it was a good time. So this is a nice success. And this is what I wanted to start the presentation with this photo here. Okay. So Great. kiss, bow, or shake hands. So what is negotiation? And, and more importantly, what is a successful negotiation? So a successful negotiation is you not only get a fair price, but you build trust and you foster a strong relationship between you and your factory. And in English, we have a lot of words for useless things. Mm -hmm. In China, they've got a word for business relationships. Oh, we don't even have a word for that in English. That's how important it is to have a relationship. Mm -hmm. with your factory. Guanxi, you want to build Guanxi. This same particular factory that I just showed you a picture of, um, I had some products that were included in the gift bags at the Oscars last year. And wow. uh, we got invited for that. That's very exciting. But Chinese New Year had already begun. And most of our products were on a ship halfway across the ocean. They were not going to arrive until after the Oscars aired. So I got a hold of the factory, and someone went to the factory, unlocked it, went inside, got some additional product, FedExed it out to us, so we're able to get it down to California to be included in the gift bags. That's Guanxi. That's going above mm -hmm. and beyond. They didn't have to do that or anything else. Uh, a simpler aspect of Guanxi is um, um, I cannot remember and i've been doing this now i've been i've been selling to retailers since 2001 um i started on amazon october of 2006 30 days less than 30 days after they launched fba i've wow. been going back and forth to china since 2012 and i cannot remember the last time i have ever paid for a sample hmm. that wow. too is guanxi that's the relationship yeah. um so that's where I want you guys to get to. Yep, that's great. Uh, I have a, um, uh, one of the students in my program, we were off in China last October, and um, uh, she was very, very 
unsure of herself and uncomfortable. She was following some of the uh, guru advice that she had seen online, which was good a few years ago, but not good anymore. And she had a price of a product for $18.79. Now, at the Canton Fair, which is huge, um, only a small percentage of the, the people there who are buying are um, uh, Amazon sellers. So it's, it's great. You see things that you normally don't. But still, um, they're going in with these old techniques. And uh, we would sit there and people would ask for a price and they'd get a price and they'd write it down or they might say, hey, I'm the biggest Amazon seller in this space. And they'd still get a price and they'd write it down and they'd walk away. Uh, if they stuck around, the only other question they would ask is MOQ. So Lou and I were there and people were coming in asking for something similar that she was looking at. And the price was $18.79. And we chatted and we went through the techniques that I'm going to talk about today. And when we finished, the price was $7.24. That's 61% savings. And and she had a lot of confidence out of that. Uh, And and again, these techniques work. um, And that's why I want to talk to you about them. So number one, as I mentioned, Kiss Bauer, Shake Hands, great book, highly, highly recommended. When you source, the first step you're going to be doing is just gathering information. You're going to let them know that you're interested and you're going to take the first steps of what we call making relationships. And before you actually finalize a factory, you're going to negotiate with several factories. Um, And you're going to want to make sure that these factories understand that you're serious and that, um, that you plan to do business with them. Now, this is interesting. Particularly when you do unique products, you have to protect your business. So uh, what we advise everyone to do is you don't approach a factory and say, hey, I'm going to do, um, here's a product. I'm going to do little bottles that come apart into three pieces, and it's unique, and it's got writing on it, and this is what it's going to say, and this is what it's going to look like. Or you give them a CAD drawing or anything else. Instead, when you start off, you start off by sourcing a decoy product. Don't even tell them what your product is. You just have a decoy product that's something similar. Ah. So your decoy product could be three separate jars, you yeah. know, the mama, the papa, and the baby size for Goldilocks um, with three plastic lids. You don't have to tell them that the lids have to interconnect or anything else because this is close enough to what they're going to be creating Mm-hmm. that they can give you all of the information. And you can start your preliminary negotiations uh, and price adjustments based on the decoy product. Mm. Because if you're talking to two or three or four factories and you're only going to use one of them, that means two or three or four factories, the other ones all have your idea. Yeah, so you don't going to give it all away. From- exactly, yeah. exactly. You don't want to give it away. So you start off with, uh, with decoy products and you let them know this is just a decoy product. If everyone gets the same information and we're going to go through uh, vetting you and and your prices and if we decide to go forward with you, we'll have you sign an NNN. I think you guys know what an NNN is, but if not, that's how you protect your confidentiality in China. Uh, And then we'll give you the actual CAD drawings and design of what we want to do. But until then, everyone's getting the same information. So 
what can you do on this? And, and that's the conversation you have. That's the conversation you have. Um, in fact, um, to make it really good, download WeChat. And if you don't have WeChat already, get it. It's the most ubiquitous uh, communication platform in China. Download WeChat and have this conversation on WeChat video. And if you've never used WeChat video, you're going to be so surprised because the, the technology is so much better than what we have here. Uh, it, it works. It works consistently. It's, uh, it's really, really good. Mm -hmm. So... Just to uh, just to give some quick, uh, uh, you mentioned NNN, so that's if I remember correctly from your podcast, is non-disclose, non-compete, and non-circumvent, right? Correct. Actually, it's um, non-disclose, non-use. Okay. Um, that's just a little subtle difference there, um, and uh, a non-circumvent. Basically, mm -hmm. what that is, uh, people, Western countries are familiar with an NDA. An NDA means that you're not going to disclose. Confidential information that could be uh, intellectual property as far as designs. It could mm -hmm. be intellectual property as far as who your customers are, where you're selling. Um, it could be intellectual property as far as trade secrets. But um, uh, in the West, we sign an NDA, and nobody is allowed to disclose that until it is disclosed publicly. If you're selling on Amazon, the moment you put your product online, you are disclosing your product. And that NDA is no longer enforceable. Mm -hmm. So uh, in China, you don't want to do that for a couple. Don't want an NDA for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, because the moment you sell on Amazon, it's not enforceable anymore. Number two, an NDA is about disclosing information publicly. China doesn't do that. It doesn't apply. What your concern is is that the factory is going to disclose it privately. Mm. and create a product just like yours. So um, they're not, you don't want the non-disclosure, only non-disclosure, because they, sure. of course, you don't want to disclose it publicly, but you don't want them to disclose it privately because what they're going to do with it. And if they're going to do with it is they may sell that product themselves, which would be a non-compete, or they may sell your product to somebody else in which case it's a non-use. So you have that first N is non-disclosed, the second N is non-use, which uh, applies to both a uh, non-compete and a non-use. And then the third N is non-circumvent. So imagine uh, the best uh, family dinner you could ever have, and you've got not only your immediate family, but your cousins and so on. And uh, your cousin leans over and says, I'm developing this product in my factory and I'm not allowed to do anything with it. But if you were to create a bottle that comes in small, medium, and large and it all slides together, you might have a really good uh, opportunity to sell to Target in the USA. Mm. So you're circumventing the agreement. Yeah. That's the third end, non-circumvent. So... Um, you, you basically protect your, um, your intellectual property, and you're doing it two ways. One, with the agreement, and two, with the fact that the factory knows that you know what you're doing, and they know to take you seriously. Um, if you come to them and say, I have an NDA that then you downloaded from online someplace, and it's in English, they know that you really don't know what you're doing, and they can ignore it anyway. So, mm -hmm. nice. um, and then, and then. 
Um, I'll, I'll talk about this at the end, but I'll, I'll throw in a quick blurb right now. Um, I've got a whole bunch of links on my program site, um, and we'll, we'll give you the link at the end, but you can download a, um, a reference NNN so you can see what it looks like. Uh, it is in Chinese as well as English, cool. and Chinese is the language that is it will be enforced in mm -hmm. uh, for two reasons. Number one, uh, these days in the trade wars going on between the U.S. and China, uh, there's some question whether or not an English language and, uh, NNN would be allowed. Um, and uh, you want to make sure that your factory certainly understands what it is that they are reading. In fact, if you have it and you say it's enforceable in English, um, you would have to, if you went to court, you would have to hire a translator. Both parties would have to agree to it. You'd have to pay to the translator. They'd have to agree on the translation. And then you could go forward to go to court. It's not worth it. Um, I do recommend always have your NNN written by a Chinese attorney so it is specific to your supplier. Mm. So that your supplier once again knows to take it seriously. And this is a nice thing when you hire a Chinese attorney. They'll do the negotiation for you on behalf of the NNN. So mm. that NNN, um, yeah, we, we went off on a tangent there, but it's really, really useful and helpful. Um, and it does apply here because when you're dealing with an NNN, once again, your factory knows that you are serious, that you are to be taken seriously. You're not someone who's fly-by-night. You're not someone who's, who just found them on Alibaba and is going to do the same as everyone else. Uh, they'll even consider you more professional and be quicker to extend terms to you, which we'll talk about in a moment, payment terms. So awesome. Awesome. starting off on your, um, your negotiation, always prepare. Be prepared, know your product, know the technology, know the materials, the processes, the components. And if you don't know them, go on YouTube and research it. There's a, there's a TV show in the US called How It's Made. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and there's a good chance that you can actually see the machinery that's used to make your product. If you're creating you know, a broom to, with bristles to, to sweep something up, uh, you'll see what the, what the machinery looks like that puts the bristles into uh, into the broom. And in fact, you may even learn the difference between the German machines and the Japanese machines and the Chinese machines and so on. So you can be knowledgeable about it. If you're doing something with plastic injection, go online and, and, and learn about it. Mm -hmm. So understand the technology. If you're doing something with a, um, uh, a circuit board, understand what a Gerber file is so that you can properly communicate what you want that circuit board to do. The second is know your customer. If you're only selling on Amazon, certainly have a customer avatar. If you're selling to retailers as well, know your distribution. Know what your business plan is. Are you planning to grow? Are you planning to scale uh, your distribution? Uh, know your SRP, or in Australia, it's called an RRP, your recommended retail price or your suggested real retail price. Um, and the reason you want to know that is because one of the one of the, the big questions you will be asked, and you should know, you don't have to give them the right answer, but you should know is, what is your target price? Uh, last year, last summer, I drove across the US from the East Coast to the West Coast, and it was incredible. I loved it. I saw Yellowstone Park for the first time. About halfway through, there was a, uh, a rest stop and big, lumber, gorgeous logs and a giant map. 
and someone had written down, um, if you don't know your destination, how do you know if you've arrived? Yeah. And, and that's just so true with your target price. If you don't know your selling price, how do you know what your target price is? Uh, everyone has recommends for different multipliers, depending on what platform you're selling on. Um, uh, my program, we teach people to sell in, in retailers as well as Amazon. So um, we, all, we always recommend at least a 7x multiplier, if not a 10x multiplier. Mm -hmm. So using 10x as an example, if this thing was going to be sold for $20 in a retail store, then you want to make sure that you are uh, sourcing it for no more than $2. Yep. Now that you know that, that's your target price. When you go into the negotiation and the negotiation comes down to $2.85, you know you have to get it lower. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't know where you need to end up, you don't know if you've arrived yet, just like, uh, just like the map. So one quick question on that uh, rather clarification. So when you say, for example, $2, is that $2 sourced or $2 landed? Raw cost, raw cost, which is... You're going to go from, you know, small shipments and LCL shipments to full containers, and that's going to save you a lot on the shipping. Mm -hmm. um, so focus on where your growth is and where you're going to be. So this has been around. That, that, um, that formula has been around since, uh, wow, uh, at least 25, 30 years, if not longer. So longer then Amazon's been around. Wow. <laughs> know what's important to you besides price. Mm -hmm. sure. um, in this case, we're going to use this one. Uh, the quality can be close. doesn't have to be exact. As long as the pieces hook in together, that's good enough. You're not doing something that's uh, uh, being used in technology where it has to have a perfect seal. It's not a vacuum like a, a Yeti cooler or something. So uh, that, that accuracy is not important to me. However, um, because well, this is all scratched up now, but originally it was nice and clear, the clarity of the plastic was important to me. So know what is important to you besides price so that you can, mm -hmm. you can give away a little bit. And then know what your showstoppers are and be prepared to walk away uh, if they can't resolve your showstoppers, just like I was telling you about the, the factory in Shanghai, we walked away when they raised their price on us. Uh, their excuse, by the way, was that uh, they gave us the Chinese price that, uh, originally, and now they were giving us the, uh, the American price. Um, walk away. You are not married to a factory. If it's not going to give you, if it's not going to be profitable, don't spend your time on it. If, there are other factories, always. There are other products, always. So let's get into the nitty gritty. When you're negotiating, try not to be the first person to ask price. If they ask you what your price is, tell them you just want a price that's gonna make, I want a price that's gonna make my customers happy, it's gonna make me happy, and it's gonna make you happy. You say this to the factory. Um, and uh, Alou, who I, I talked about at the beginning, who uh, dropped her price from $17 and change to $7 and change. Um, I have a quick little video of her talking about it. And what she says, she proudly says, I got a price that's going to make my customers happy and my factory happy and make her happy. 
I, when I say that, I mean it very, very sincerely. I don't want my factory to go out of business. This is not like you're buying a used car where you're haggling. I want them to make money. And if they can't make money, let's keep talking about it and figure out ways that I can get my product at the price I need so that they can make money and I can make money and it's at the price that my customers want. Um, the next step, negotiate more than price. Perhaps um, your logo printed on the little plastic covers is more expensive. You can give up the logo on the cover as long as it's on the side of the container. Yep. So know what you can give up and you don't have to give them up right away, but have them in your back pocket to give up. And as you give a little bit, they can give a little bit on the price as well. Mm -hmm. uh, watch for body language. You don't have to speak Chinese to understand body language. Um, this is why I say do it on WeChat. Because if you start off with a price and you say, well, what is the price for this? And, and, and they respond by going, hmm. And they look up in the corner or something like that. Mm. That means they're making it up. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have it accurate. Yeah. Uh, if they say to you, uh, what's the price on this? And they say, it's $2. Well, actually, $2 is the price we're going for. So let's say you ask them the price and they say, it's $4. Yeah. Um, trust me, the price is built on time and materials and labor. Yeah. Doesn't, it very rarely ends up being exactly $4. It's like when you fill up your gas tank um, and you're, you, it, it suddenly clicks and you're at, you know, $12.18. That's... Mm -hmm. A legitimate price yeah so a uh, body language there's hints for them not knowing on the other hand if you ask them for a price and, and they start looking at a list at least they're looking it up they're researching it that's more accurate mm -hmm. and then now you're stuck and they say okay well this price is um, four dollars and you say okay and they're not coming down from four dollars start asking for details okay well, why is it four dollars Mm -hmm. Well, the pigment for this pink is more expensive than a pigment for something that's more peach. Oh, okay, then that's yeah. good to know. Let's move to peach because we don't need to pay for the extra pigment for, for peach. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe there's phosphors in this so it glows in dark and you can think, okay, I can give up on that. Let's not do that. Just mm -hmm. don't give up when they say, hey, it's, it's, it's $4. Ask for details. Understand why. It is. Now, let's say that they don't do the printing themselves. So they outsource it to someone else to do the printing, and there's a little printing on here. Mm -hmm. um, then let's talk about it. Say, okay, well, if we only have the largest one printed, and we don't print on the middle one, can we save some money there? Uh, dig down into the details. The mm -hmm. more you ask, um, the more you can find out where you might be able to save money. And there's a little diamond there because it's... Uh, 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 that's that's golden. So I want to yeah. touch on one more thing. Um, if they say to you, if you say we have to do two dollars, and they say no, we've got to do four dollars, and you say, well, no, I've got to do two dollars, and they say no, it's four dollars. <laughs> it's okay. Stay there. Yeah. If they say it's impossible, until they say it's impossible, keep asking to bring the price down. When they're saying it's impossible then respect them for that. Um, and then you can start digging down into those details to see what you can do to bring it down. But as long as if they're not saying it's impossible, keep asking. You're not going to lose anything. 
So, um, this is important. The factory wants you to be successful. They want to make money on every item you sell, but they want you to continue selling them. So they want you to be successful as much as you want you to be successful. And it's the other way around. Um, you want them to be successful so they continue making the product for you. Um, so you don't want them to go out of business just because they're making a product for you. So that's really important. Realize it is a win-win situation. As I said earlier, you're not buying a used car. For sure. So let's go into some more techniques. Um, I was uh, uh, interviewed recently for a podcast about selling it to retailers called On the Shelf Now. If anyone's interested in getting to retail, it's a great podcast. It's different nice. than Amazon, completely different world. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the fellow on it talks about the way that when I negotiate, I just shut up. You guys are listening to me talk right now. I'm from New York. I just talk, talk, mm -hmm. talk, talk, talk. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, I shut up. In negotiations, mm -hmm. sometimes it's really, really important. Mm -hmm. Just be quiet. They say, okay, this is $4. So I need it for $2. They say it's $4. Then you just be quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very <laughs> uncomfortable when things are quiet. And they will say something. Or they'll get up and leave. If they get up and leave, then when they come back, you start digging into those details. But, um, yeah, be quiet. And listen so, to what they're saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, how often... Like this, that would be in a situation where you're meeting in person, you know, like at a, at a Canton fair or something, you know, um, how, how often also, would... also, also applies when you're negotiating with for price on, on WeChat. Okay. So even yeah. if, even by the way, it's chat, like, just like, don't reply for a while. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Don't just, you know, start checking your phone or stuff like that. Um, you know, look at the product, thinking about the product, um, Think about it, but and by the way, people who don't know, you can put WeChat on your computer. So just yep. like we're having the conversation here, you can mm -hmm. do that as well. So and sure. does does anyone um, prefer just getting on a WeChat video call to negotiate? Is there any benefit to just doing the initial negotiations like face to face? Or uh, I love doing them face to face, but right mm -hmm. now in the time of, of COVID nineteen. Um, WeChat's our next best, next yep. best option. Mm -hmm. Okay, good tip. Now here's another tip while you're on that, before you even get to that negotiation, start all of your communications back and forth on WeChat video. Uh, at one point you're going to want to determine, are you talking to a trading company or a real factory? Yeah. And as long as you start those communications on WeChat video, after one or two calls, and in the middle of the video, say, you know, I'd love to see your factory floor. Can we just, yeah. you just walk over to the factory while we're mm -hmm. on this call so I can see it? Yeah. Maybe the offices are in a different building. They have to walk outside, walk to another building. It may take two or three or five minutes. Um, they may ask you to, uh, they'll, get, they'll get right back to you. They have to walk down a bunch of stairs. Uh, doesn't matter. But if they say, uh, we're not located at our factory. We, we can do that tomorrow or we should do that the next day or, or we can do that in six hours. 
then you know that they are a trading company trying to figure out frantically how they can get to that factory. Yep. So even if they're saying they're a, uh, a factory and they, they can't get to it, then they're not really a factory. So there's another reason to, to do all of your communications on a WeChat video. Yep. Okay. All right. Another thing. In China, yes does not mean yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've experienced that myself. Uh, I've been there, done that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, man syndrome. Yeah. And, and, and it's not that they are being uh, dishonest with you. It's just that yes does not mean yes, I agree with you. It means I acknowledge what you've said. Uh, yes, I've heard what you've said. Mm-hmm. It may not even mean that they understand what you said. They just yeah. are saying it. And um, years ago, I was a uh, fashion photographer. I was skinnier. I had long hair. I had hair. Wow. Long, <laughs> long hair. Um, so I picked up my portfolio and my camera, and I went to Milan, Italy. And I loved it. Uh, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I barely spoke Italian for the first few months I was living there. And I did know the word C. And during conversations, I would shake my head, acknowledgement, I would say C. And I would try to remember as much as what they said. And I would go and talk to my Italian friends and have them translate what the conversation was. So I am guilty of the same thing. It's absolutely normal. So when someone in China says yes to you, then don't mean that they're solidifying your agreement. Ask the question differently. If you're my age, go like this and pretend you don't hear them. But always um, try to confirm as many ways possible. And then at the end, always in writing, whatever it is they agree to. Because yes does not mean yes. Yep. I have had so. a case where uh, we, when I was sourcing a product for uh, a pro- I mean, for a product we were doing back in when I was living in Hangzhou, we went to the factory. I went to the factory for like almost two weeks, nonstop, once or twice a week. We agreed on all the terms. We signed the contract, the price, everything directly with the owner of the factory. And then when it was time for us to to uh, wire them the money, all of a sudden they came back. This oh, that price is not the price because now it's the quarter price is almost like forty to fifty percent higher. I said, what do you mean? We, we, I was just in the office yesterday, talked to the Lauban, the boss, and he said yes. We shook my hand to told me no problem brother you're my brother we'll, we'll make you happy and all that and now you're telling me this what's happening and say oh you know there was a misunderstanding or whatever that you try to it was a really bad experience that's something that be ready for that as well until yeah. the last minute they can because in china from my understanding experiences a contract is only a point of start it doesn't mean that's ironclad it's only a point of starting negotiation so let's let's talk about contracts for a moment just take a uh, a detour here when you do, now if you're buying a handful of things from somebody you found on Alibaba, it's, it's, it's not a super big deal. You're, you know, you're buying 400 items or something like that. But when you're dealing with a factory, not a trading company, when you are, um, when you've got a product that you think can grow to the point of buying, you know, buy multiple containers, um, you want to, you want to do more than just shake hands on a deal or sign a purchase order. You want to start with a general conditions contract, and that general conditions will uh, extend across every order you make from that point forward, and it will con- cover everything from uh, each person, each party's responsibilities. You know, you have to have you have to review things with a certain 
time frame and get back to them. You have to provide certain files and so on. Um, to uh, product ownership, who actually owns the product. I was just talking to someone a couple of days ago who had a product, they liked it, they brought it to a factory, the factory said, oh, we can make it even better, and the factory did. And then they uh, they went after, they were going to, they asked them to sign an NNN, and they said, we won't sign an NNN, we own the patent on this. Mm. And this poor fellow was like, wait, you own the patent? That was my idea. They said, no, but we, we did the development with you, so in China, we made a patent. And this happens a lot. Mm. Uh, so you want to make sure you understand of who owns the product, um, uh, what's going to happen for, uh, for quality assurance, are you going to have pre-shipment inspections, what happens if it fails, and the second pre-shipment uh, inspection, what happens to products that, are, uh, that fail, uh, there are defective products, are they destroyed, or what happens to them, what is timeliness, what happens if it missed deadlines, all of this will apply to every single order you make with them. And hopefully you're going to be making, you know, 10, 15, 20 orders with them over time, each one larger. So get a general conditions uh, agreement first. And again, use an attorney for that. Uh, and this way, again, they will know you're serious. Here's an interesting thing. Just because you have a factory contract manufacturer doesn't mean that what you're having produced is actually produced in the factory. Yes. Mm -hmm. They might outsource it. Don't so know. if they've got 10 clients, and they know that they are overbooked on their machinery or some machinery breaks down and they have to you know, outsource half of their, their clients. It's the bicycle lock theory. Your bicycle does not have to have the best lock on the rack. It just has to have a lock because the thief's going to look at an easier bicycle to steal. The factory will look for an easier client to outsource. And if you have a general conditions agreement, you're now more difficult. So they're not going to outsource you. They'll outsource somebody else. Mm. So you're saying that we should put that and that clause in the, in the agreement that, hey, if anything happens, you, you, you are not to outsource my production to a, a third-party factory? Yeah, that's just one of the things that would go into the... Uh... Now, realize that not everything happens under one roof. It's not like Santa's factory. It is... Um, uh, there are parts that will be outsourced. For example, I mentioned earlier, printing might be outsourced. Certainly the packaging is outsourced. Um, you might have components. If you're doing a, uh, a Bluetooth speaker that looks like a book that can be hidden on a bookshelf, they might do the housing, but they might buy the actual, the innards, the inside components of the Bluetooth speaker right off of the, the standard components market. So they are being created someplace else. That's the way factories work. But you don't want your, uh, your whole product outsourced to someone else um, because you haven't talked with them, you haven't vetted them, you don't know what their quality control is or anything else. You want to deal with the people you dealt with. So. All right, hope, I know we're going to go long on this. Hopefully that's okay. Oh, it's no awesome. worries. We are, uh, Take your time. as I like to say, I ain't got no job. <laughs> now, when benefits the of having your own good, business is uh, you're on your own schedule also when the Absolutely. content is that good there's time doesn't matter just keep on yeah. going i'm sure Great. uh who's ever listening in the future is is loving it so far because i am oh yeah. Cool. oh yeah so here's one of those things that people will hear about on youtube or um, from gurus and it just no longer applies it hasn't applied in about three years maybe longer but um this is China. China, 
Japan, Taiwan, Singapore, um, Korea. Kings negotiate with kings. How about、mm. India? I don't know in India.、Um, I have a friend Megla who does a lot、yeah. of work in、mm-hmm. India, but、uh, I don't know if this applies all the time in India. But I do know it, it implies those countries I just listed off. Speaking of Megla, we we will be、uh, on her podcast on Friday on Friday、uh, this this coming Friday. So very excited、oh. for that. Excellent. Say hello to her for me. Oh yes,、well、she is. She is one of the sweetest people in this、oh, whole yeah. business. Oh yeah, amazing.、Uh, so,、uh, kings negotiate with kings. What does this mean? You want the decision maker. That's who you want to negotiate with. That's the owner of the factory. If it's a large tier one factory, it's the sales director. If it's a tier two or tier three, it might be the owner themselves. But if you introduce yourself as being a mid-level person, if you say, "Hi, I'm Stephen, and I'm a a new purchasing agent for Acme Widgets," and、uh, they give you a price, and you say, "Well, I'm going to go back to my boss. He's, he's not going to like that price, and I'm going to come back to you and, and say it's not good." They know that. They know that trick. They. They've, even though YouTube is not、um, uh, officially permitted in China, they've seen the videos. They talk to other factories. They know that someone's going to say to them, "Oh, I'm just a purchasing agent." As soon as they hear that, they know two things or three things about you. One, they believe you. They've never heard anything about this. They believe you, and they know that you are a mid-level person. So therefore, you're going to be paired. In your negotiations with another mid-level person, not the decision maker you want to be with, because kings only negotiate with kings,、mm-hmm. and you've already established that you're mid-level. So even if they believe you, that's a bad situation, and eventually you're going to have to tell the truth if it's a successful product. So then they're going to know that you are you are fibbing to them.、Um, or two,、uh, they know that you're lying from the start. They know that you are deceptive, and now. They've been given a green light to be deceptive themselves because you've been you already opened that door.、Mm-hmm. So if you're being deceptive, there's no reason for them not to be deceptive. And then part of two as well is that they know that you really are not sophisticated about doing negotiations with China. You're not sophisticated about doing business. You don't know anything other than what you've seen in YouTube because you're say you're you're putting up a big sign that says "Hi, I don't know anything. I'm going to say I am." A purchasing agent was that okay three, four, maybe five years ago? Yes, but today, don't do that. You are the owner, founder of your company. Own it. Believe in yourself. They would rather deal with an owner that's new to a specific product. Well, let's say this. Now, say you know something. I have. I'm new to this. I have not dealt with this type of plastic before. Of course, do your research.、Um, I've only dealt in.、Um, um, I've only dealt with pillows before, but I've been very, very successful with pillows, and now we are expanding onto these. By the way,、uh, for anyone who's ever ridden a chain, a train in China, business class, <laughs> I took the pillow. I like、ah. it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome.、Um, so, so you can be honest to them. Let them know your expertise is in selling, and you've had success. Your expertise is not in this product, but you've done research, but you own the company. And you want it to be successful. 
that's perfectly okay to tell them. Mm -hmm. So um, now, if you do have to run to someone, and you know, you you, you have to, you just you're stuck, and you, you don't, you want to be able to say, hey, I can't say yes to that price yet. You can always have a partner. Mm. Um, I my partner sometimes is Gus. He's my pug, my little dog. Yeah. Um, they don't need to know that. I'll just say, hey, I have to send a, uh, an email off to Gus to approve this, but it sounds very, very good. And then I can come back and say, yeah, Gus said yes, or or Gus said uh, um, mm -hmm. it's still a little too high. Is there any way we can talk about you know what components are in here because we've got to bring it down another fifteen cents per week. So, all right. Uh, we keep on talking about components. Um, when you are able to uh, start getting to your details, make sure that your components are carefully recorded and um, uh, negotiate them if you can. Because sometimes you can save costs, and other times there might be hidden cost traps. You might be asking for a, um, a knapsack with uh, YKK zippers. Those are very expensive zippers. They're also the best ones out there. But maybe you can go with a, a zipper that's just as durable without having the YKK name on it. So mm -hmm. always ask about components like that. MOQ. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <sighs> MOQ is one of the big sticking points when it comes to negotiations. For those people who don't know what MOQ is, it's your minimum order quantity. So they're going to say, yes, we can, we can do this for, for $2, um, but our MOQ is going to be 1,000 units. Now, you're just starting out. You don't want to buy 1,000 units, even at $2 each. You only want 400 units. Mm -hmm. So you can agree to the price of $2 each for 1,000 units. And then you say to them, once you're ready to place your order, say to them, I don't know if this is going to sell to my clients. I like it. You like it. I think your quality is good. I want to try it on my clients. I only need 400. They're going to tear their hair out. Oh, my goodness, this is terrible. No, it can't be. It has to be, it has to be 1,000 units, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, why does it have to be a 1,000 units? Well, because we have to get special um, plastic for this that we normally don't have. So it's going to cost us extra, and we can only buy it in such a large amount that's a 1,000 units. That makes sense. Now you know why. Or maybe they have some sort of total, they're bluffing you. Why does it have to be a 1,000 units? Because that's our MOQ, because that's what we always do for, for customers. Now you know they're mm -hmm. bluffing you. Mm -hmm. All right. So first of all, ask why the MLQ. Second, now let's say they were they told you we need special plastic. Okay, yeah, it costs more. I understand that. So I only need four four hundred. What's the surcharge? Don't even ask if there is a surcharge. Just come right out confidently. Uh. What's the surcharge that's going to be added on since I'm only ordering four hundred units? And they'll come back and they'll say. That's going to be a dollar per unit surcharge. Be quiet. Think about it for a moment. Say, okay. Can that surcharge be applied to my future orders? Mm. Now you've got a completely different conversation. 
So they, most of the times, two things, most of the times, one of two things are going to happen. Number one, they'll say, yes, you order over a thousand and we'll refund the, the surcharge back to what we'll apply it to the, to the next order, mm. which is great because at that point, you've ordered your first 400, you know that they've sold. So you've got, you've now gone back and you've ordered a thousand and that surcharge gets refunded back to you when you add up the first order and the second order. And you put that positive of the surcharge and the negative of the refunded surcharge back to you. Mm -hmm. It all comes out at $2 a unit. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what you negotiated to. Mm. It wipes itself out and you're exactly where you want to be. So that's one of the two things that can happen. That's great. The other thing that's going to happen, and I've seen it again and again and again, my students have seen it happen, is when you say, what is the surcharge? They say, No, we, we won't do a surcharge. We're okay. And they'll never <laughs> deal with that. And now you can order your 400. Is it uh, because they think that they see they respect you more because they say, hey, this guy is actually serious, he's experienced, and let's have a, a serious conversation with a serious person. Is that because of that? Exactly. You are a king. You're talking to a king. You've had an attorney approach them with an NNN. You're now talking. You're not saying, oh, please, I'm the biggest Amazon seller. I'm a, nobody sells more little glass beakers than I do. Uh, jars, whatever, the baby food things, I don't know. Nobody sells more of these than me, than Amazon or whatever. No, you're talking business. You're talking costs and price. You're talking, you want, you're respecting them. You're respecting the fact that they have an MOQ and you're talking a surcharge. So now they realize that you are very serious. And the fact that you're doing the whole thing face-to-face -face like this, it's a completely different experience. Sure. That's a goal. So, yeah, that's now a great, that you, great tip right there. So now that you know that their MOQ is 1,000, start the next conversation. This is fabulous. I'm excited about this. I think this is going to sell. I think we'll be at, at, at your 1,000 probably by our second order. But once things take off, um, I expect price breaks. The more I order, the, the higher my orders, the lower the price. Mm -hmm. So... Um, when I order a 5,000 or 15,000, what's the price going to be? And now they've scratching their head. You can say, I'll tell you what, let's talk about that when we get there, but I do expect the price to be coming down. And I'm gonna need that price to come down to at least to be $1.50 or less. You can tell them that now. Why not? Uh, you don't promise a future order. Never say, my next order is going to be 1,000 because I, oh gosh, I have I run into every optical and roadblock and stumbling that you could possibly have. I've had every mistake you can imagine, and I'm sure there's more that I will be having. I had a one of my investors come with me to China. I left the room to use the bathroom. I came back in, and everyone was ready celebrating. They were pouring tea. Everything was was exactly what I'd asked for, which was great. And uh, so I'm ready to sign the. Uh, the purchase order and they asked for the money for my next order. I said, well, what next order are you talking about? Well, it turns out that while I was gone, the investor had promised a future order. Selling on Amazon for the first sales history. I've got uh, a bunch of retailers that I'm selling my 
stolen train pillows too, who are asking me what, <laughs> next, what else do I have. Um, so I'm expecting that this is going to go really, really huge. So uh, you can be honest about what you're looking Maybe You don't have to tell them who it is that you're selling to or anything else. Realize at this point you've got an N and N, so they can't really say anything. Um, you can tell them that you're going to expand into other online platforms if that's what you're doing. But um, you can talk about that, but you can't promise that. Never promise that. And lastly, save face, yours and theirs. Um, that, that, that's uh, colloquialism for give them respect, always treat them with respect, and, and expect that they will treat you with respect as well. So I know we're going over the hour, but let's keep on, let's keep on going. That's fine. Don't worry about the timing. Always write down specs. Here's an interesting thing. China is very technically advanced. Sure. They have things there. Um, just the ability to pay with so many things with WeChat, so beyond what we could do here in the United States. But they, they always write things down. They'll write things down on notebooks all the time. That's just their, their culture. So it's okay while you're having... The meeting with them, even on WeChat, to write everything down. They see you do that. They know that you understand their culture. More importantly, you want to have all the specifications written down so that you can refer to them. Uh, when you do your product, always include the country of origin. That's made in China. Always include the UPC, or if you're doing the FinSkew, the FinSkew. Discuss packaging. What type of carton is this going to be in? Ah, uh, see if I can find one here. Here's an interesting product. So here's a package for pillowcases, pretty straightforward. Here's another package for pillowcases. This is unique. They've never seen one like this before. This costs a little bit more, but it really made it worth it. Actually, this is designed very, very specifically to go on what's called a Walmart uh, side saddle or sidekick, excuse me, side saddles, grocery parts, sidekicks. So this goes in the sidekick two side by side, 14 down, and it fills in the sidekick. Uh, and it looks a little bit like a pillow too, doesn't it? It's pretty cool. Um, that's, uh, so discuss packaging. Um, and if you're still in the decoy stage, you can just say um, uh, it's in a uh, color box or a folded carton. Talk about your inner carton and your um, master carton. Inner carton, six per pack. At least that's good for negotiation. Um, unless it's really small, like if you have a um, flash drive, maybe you're going to have 20, 24. Um, but however many go into your inner carton, how many go into your master carton, so that they can put all of these components into their price. They can give you the best price possible. Always discuss payment terms. If you're not going to discuss them now, when are you going to discuss them? Mm -hmm. So you're, you can start off right away saying you're going to pay 20% um, up front and 40% um, uh, upon successful uh, um, pre-shipping inspection and 40% on BOL. So that means um, that it's been loaded onto the ship and the ship's left the port. Um, and they can come back and say, no, I want 30% up front. It's 30-70. This 30-70 is crap. I don't, it, it, only in the last five years has it become as, 
as popular as it has just because so many Amazon people don't know anything else to ask for. But this is mm. your business. You can ask for anything you want. So mm. let's say you start off with that, like 20, 40, 40. And you can say, um, with all the factories that I deal with, I'm, by my third order, um, I'm down to 10% up front. Um, or by my by fourth order, I'm, I'm down to uh, you know 10% and then uh, 30% upon successful uh, inspection and 30%. Uh, the other um, 60% 30 days after receipt. You can say that. The worst they can do is say no. And you say, well, when we get to that point, let's keep on discussing that because that's what my other factories do. But at least this way you've set the stage with them. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no reason by the time you order three containers that you shouldn't be paying only a fraction up front um, and uh, uh, the balance 30 days, 60 days after receipt. Because you're doing good business for them. You've proven that you are um, successful, that your product's doing well, that you pay on time. So bring it up up front. Always discuss payment terms up front. Um, you don't have to uh, finalize them, but that conversation has already begun. And then when you refer back to it three months later, you can say, well, we're now going our fourth order. And as I explained to them, explain to you, we want to have payment terms. Um, you're, you're already set. You're done. Not a question. Mm -hmm. Not a question. Um, and then you're ready to close the deal. Make sure that you have written down what the price is, what the quantity is, what the product specs are. If you're doing apparel, make sure you have a tech pack. If you're doing electronics, make sure you've got a bomb. If you're doing um, um, uh, something that's done in a 3D mold, in a, in a mold, make sure you have a 3D CAD file. And I always suggest make sure that your file is a step file because that seems to be one that's most uh, often easily read in China. Make sure that you have your, your packaging provided to them. Make sure your packaging is in a proper format. Make sure that you wrap up your um, fonts because they may not have the fonts on their machines. Make sure that you've indicated the PMS colors. You want to be as specific as possible. How is it being delivered? Um, oh gosh, I do not like DDP. So I'll always suggest either mm -hmm. FOB, or XWorks, EXW, or this is one people may not be aware of, FAS. So the cool thing about FAS, uh, Jungle Scout just recently came out with a application that will allow you to track down public shipping records to say, okay, what factory created these? Mm. Because of the public sh shipping records, you can see that factory. Mm. Those public shipping records have been around for years. Um, if you've gone to the Canton Fair, at least since 2014, the Chinese government will sell you um, access to their records so you can track down public shipping records. Mm. If you've got a product that you don't want anyone to know where your factory is as you ship, instead of shipping FOB, ship FAS. That's free alongside ship. Mm. That means that your freight forward will pick it up from the factory or the factory deliver it, excuse me, the factory will deliver it to the port but the name of the factory won't be included on the shipping records, FAS. Um, so know what your delivery type is. Know if you need certifications. There's a need, you know, um, uh, food certifications, child certification. Know what your payment terms are. Know what future concessions are, particularly if you're doing um, um, a surcharge. So have all of this written down, all of it. 
Um, finally, if you are stuck, remember, price is not everything. Mm-hmm. Don't force them to a degree to a price that they cannot afford to fill. Always ask questions. Why, 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 why is this um, $2.80 instead of $2? Uh, if you if you have any children, if you have a four year old, think about a four year old asking questions. Be a four year old. Mm. Um, don't challenge them. Try to learn. Ask questions along the same lines. Design for manufacturing. Find out if something can be changed slightly. Can there two pieces have to go together? Well, can you put a little divot there as two pieces have to be put together so that the person who's doing it on the line can always line up the divots each and every time and it's perfectly done that saves them from defects it saves time it makes their job easier design for manufacturing you might have just saved 15 cents right there always dig deeper into the cost of components or alternative components maybe you don't need a ykk zipper for your knapsack and make moq concessions part of the conversation okay well you know, I'm not going to do 400. I'll do 800. It's closer to your 1,000 um, MOQ, and I'll do the surcharge. Now, can we do business together? So, uh, if you're stuck, there's always places to go with that. Mm-hmm. So, so I know, as I said, we've gone over an hour, but hopefully, that's been that's been useful. Yeah, that was awesome. So many gold nuggets in there that I can implement right away in my business for sure. Oh, I, I love doing this. I love doing this. You can see um, the passion in you, yeah. And I'm yeah. Gonna be, myself, I'm going to be rewatching this tomorrow morning again and <laughs> with a pen on my side and taking notes. And yeah. I, I, amazing, just amazing. Yeah. It is. We, um, um, if anyone's interested in seeing what I do, it's the Product Development Academy. It is, um, uh, as I say, I, I started on Amazon years ago. I love Amazon, but what I really enjoy are products that are unique products. It's not the mm-hmm. FBA method. So it's a different path. Mm-hmm. And uh, the great thing is that you don't have competitors um, and you can sell on retailers to retailers besides Amazon. Um, so you can sell to stores as well. There are, um, there are greater risks because it's not as, uh, it's not as proven as the FBA method. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, I've done this for a long time. I was business manager at Microsoft for two multi-billion dollar divisions. I've been through some great successes and failures. And uh, in my program, what we do is we take the, the, the science of developing a product. And uh, it's great because the first thing we, I, I try to be all serious about it. And then I explain that the first step is called the fuzzy front end. But it really is a, uh, a science, and I have modified it and brought it down so that solo entrepreneurs can, can do this themselves. Um, and if you want a, a, a different path, a second path, um, uh, I definitely you know, ask you guys to, to check us out. Um, it's not the same. Um, in fact, uh, I'll do the links here. Uh, if you go to productdevelopmentacademy.com links, you can download a roadmap and you can see that it is structurally different, but it is a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Very interesting. Um, yeah. 
having a unique product. That's been my whole spiel with the private label method. It's like doing sure. small tweaks to, to develop, to develop unique products. But, uh, yeah, right there with you. That's, that's the way to go is to, to stand out level. wherever you're selling. Oh yeah. Have you ever read, um, zero to one by Peter Thiel? Yes. So then you understand exactly what I mean, Riley, when I talk about you become a monopoly of one, mm-hmm. you become a monopoly of one. In fact, here's another interesting, have you ever, have you read Eric Reese's, um, uh, the lean startup? Yep. Yes. Okay. So my business mentor here in, in Seattle, um, home just across the lake from where Riley grew up, um, is uh, my business manager is also a mentor at Y Combinator. So the Y Combinator is a tech incubator. They came up with um, uh, Airbnb and um, DoorDash and uh, Dropbox with Drew Houston. And um, so Bob has been talking for years and years and years about customer validation. And um, one of the people that learned and, and listened to him um, was uh, Eric Reese, who then incorporated into, into his, um, uh, his book, The Lean Startup. But Bob's been talking about it since before Eric even came out with that book. And it's really, really cool because we have a conversation, just a chat between us that I recorded on Zoom that we uh, we'd share with our students because even in the tech world, it's the exact same thing. Differentiate, be unique. Sure. Um, like Peter Thiel says, a monopoly of one. You know, so you know, exactly what Lorenzo and Riley are saying to you guys. That's the key to success. Um, that that's what sets you apart, and that's what what is you know that's what's so fun about this business. Speaking of uh, your, uh, I'm really personally very interested in in your product development academy that's something i'll probably get into myself as well um maybe not now but uh in the very near future uh would you say that this this program is also for newbies just starting out also for or or mainly for people that already have experience and and know what the process is when it comes to uh developing a product and, and launching it on amazon one of the interesting things it is for newbies as well because one of the interesting things is we don't cover Amazon, other than a way of launching new products. Um, and people who are, some people are interested in learning Amazon. Um, and, and I up front to them saying, we don't cover Amazon in this course. There are, there, there, there's a lot of people who are a lot smarter than I am who will be happy to, to take you through Amazon. Um, we also, uh, people who join the course uh, have invented things, some fascinating things. Um, but they don't want to take the route of invent something and then license it and try or patent it and try to license it. They want to actually learn how to manufacture themselves. They want to learn how do you, how do you manage your factory remotely? This is something they've never dealt with before. They just learn how to invent. They've never had to deal with vetting a factory, managing a factory. They've never had to deal with a logistics center. They've never had to deal with, with uh, retailers and vendor numbers and electronic data interchanges is all new to them. Um, they've never, they don't even understand how retailers make their money. So we cover all of this. And of course, see here we go. Let's go through. There's a book. Just, just about <laughs> to ask about that. Yes. I was just about to ask so about that. Yeah. This is a thick book. 
but this is mm. uh, this is my book. I just released this uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, if you know the saying, you get don't uh, you lose the forest because of the trees. That's what happened to me. I focused on all of these topics that I wanted to cover, and when it was finally put together. I was amazed at the size of this. I had no idea it was going to be so big. But um, it's, uh, it's, it's huge, and it just goes into so much detail. I've been very, very lucky over the years of working with incredible um, salespeople, brokers, um, uh, my boss at Microsoft. Um, we, we, how do you handle competitors. I mean, I learned so much from, from Mitch. Um, so I'm able to put it all down into a book. Um, and, uh, and it's on Amazon. And if you are part of, if you have Kindle Unlimited, it's free. Just download it, read it, enjoy it. Say nice mm. things about me because I need reviews. Um, if you don't have a Kindle Unlimited uh, on the 12th of each month, so it'll be the 12th of July and the 12th of August, you can just do a free download. It'll be a free download day. And of mm. course, if you're like me, you like paper books, so buy the paper book as well. But everything we're talking about today, not as in much detail, but everything is, is in here from how do you come up with a unique idea to how do you get it on retailer shows. So uh, I guess that was a long answer to your question, does it work for newbies? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm always uh, I'm, I, I'm always happy to help. Um, hopefully, we get a chance to to chat again. Because, we'll uh, definitely you know. do because you're an absolute uh, a wealth of knowledge. As I said, we could do one webinar with you every week for the next six months, and wouldn't even be scratching the surface. That's how how amazing experience you are, Lorenzo. You rock, Riley. Um, after this lockdown has lifted a little bit, Governor Inslee just uh, made a little bit more uh, strict, but you're coming out here. After uh, it lifts up a little bit, we'll have to get together, hopefully, before you, uh, you head back yeah. out again. Yeah, that'd Definitely. be cool. Excellent. All thank right, you thank so you, much. guys. Thank yeah. you. Thank Pleasure you. to have you here, among us. Thank you so much. All right. See I, you guys. I enjoyed links this. Below to, uh, links below to the book and everything, and uh, see ya. Thanks for listening to the FBA Lifestyle Podcast. Don't forget to follow on all podcast platforms, YouTube and Instagram. Ready to fast track your first or next FBA product? Ready to create a real product that leaves the competition in the dust? Then check out the 90-Day FBA Challenge a 12-week accelerator program with weekly coaching calls where we help you go from zero idea what to sell to a product live on Amazon within 90 days and download the free Amazon Secrets ebook, FBA Lifestyle, The Amazon Experts. Start your FBA business. Achieve the freedom lifestyle.